We are all susceptible to programmed. I'm being programmed right now. You're being programmed right now. Everyone is always being programmed by something, their belief system, who they identify as, what they consider happiness, you know, what the future, like we're being programmed. So you have to unlearn some of this programming that's been taught to us, hammered in by school, by society, by parents, you know, where do you... What's your feelings on money? What do you think's rich? What do you think's abundant? What freedom? What does a day look like? What's possible in a day? We have to unlearn so much of what we just thought was fact to really get creative. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, and I'm excited to do this episode. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, really just getting to know uh, Elliot Schwartz over the last three or four years. Um, And it's just been a privilege. There's those people that come into your life that just bring you so much joy and you just connect with. And every time we've been together, um, it's just been amazing. And you know, I was I was uh, thinking about this with with another friend who's kind of similar. Uh, Elliot and I met through a, a mastermind, and then basically for the first you know couple of years, every time we would hang out together or did anything together, it was because we were paying you know fifty or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever to be part of this mastermind group. And this is one of the things that I love about masterminds in general. If you vet the mastermind right, and it's really a values fit, and you align with the leader, and you align, and that leader does a good job of like vetting and building that mastermind, um, it really shortcuts a lot of the you know the challenges about you know just finding people. There's that saying that it's lonely at the top, and I've always said like if you're at the top and you're lonely, you've been doing it wrong. And I think masterminds and events have been some of the reasons why I've met some of the greatest people in my life, and um, I can honestly say that. Uh, Elliot has become one of my greatest friends and I just love every time that Karen, I get a chance to spend any time with him and, and Lindsay together. So, um, and we're going to talk about a lot of amazing things that are happening in life. So Elliot, thanks for being on the show. Oh man, what an intro, dude. Couldn't agree more. You've been, uh, such a, it's been an honor dude, getting to know you and hanging out with you and growing the friendship and having all these memories and wins and headaches. And it's been fun, man. <laughs> headaches. <laughs> I think I caused a lot of those headaches. <laughs> well, you know, Karen, and I joke about this a lot because you're like 12 foot tall and, and you're just jacked and, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I just from a, some, you know, that, you know, that old cartoon where there's the big dog and the little dog, like sometimes, sometimes I feel like I don't see myself as like the little dog. I think I'm like, I should be able to keep up with you. And so when I go drink for drink with a 12 foot guy, it's like, it's pretty challenging. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, looking forward to the conversation today, dude, you have, um, really just, you've made so many changes in your world in the last year. And I'm excited for my audience to, you know, hear about some of this because, I think you are the, um, you are living out the experience that so many of us, um, want to, and the majority of people never do. You have a dream, you have a vision and you're just going after it. You quit your job this last year and, um, you're just going all in. So I'm excited to peel some of that back. But before we do that, who's had the greatest impact on your life? What a question, man. I feel like there's a a few key people in different parts of my life. One, my basketball coach growing up. Uh, kind of showed me discipline, showed me how to work, showed me 
you know, life's not fair and you have to work for what you get. And, um, that got me through a large part of my life. And honestly, being in rooms like you with Chris Harder, you and Chris Harder, honestly, just have shown me that it's possible to have it all. Mm -hmm. I was sitting on the sidelines in a job that was soul crushing to me. I had it down so good. I was one of the top sales reps, um, but I had no fire in my belly. Mm -hmm. I was becoming complacent. I was deteriorating psychologically. I mean, just the skills of life and performance were deteriorating. I could feel it. And seeing, I didn't want to jump into owning my own anything because I felt that I'd lose everything. I felt like my wife would leave me. I'd have to dive in and work 80 hours a week, become obsessed, not have any balance. And maybe there is some of that. But when I see guys like you with a family, a a successful business, friends, like that gave me the permission that I can't have it all. Mm. And that really, in a way, pushed me off the ledge because once I saw I could have it all, I couldn't just sit back and have part of it all. So that's, I mean, you've had a huge impact in my life. Wow. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'm always soliciting with that question. I've always, I like, I think this is episode like 315 or something. And every time I've hoped that the guests would say that, but you're, you're, you're the first one that has, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I was thinking as you were saying that too, it's kind of like the red pill and the blue pill. And everybody talks about that, like in the matrix, but that's why the matrix is such a, just a classic movie because like most of us just, we take the wrong pill or the right pill, depending on how you think about it. But once you've seen, man, you just can't unsee that. That's so good. Yeah, no. I, and if this, whatever I'm up to doesn't work, there's no going back. Like I had that conversation with Lindsay and I'm like, uh, nope, no, I'll never go back. Can't do it. No. No. Well, and when you look at it too, there's like a risk involved in that statement, but really, you know, so many people spend a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on their college career and don't even know what they're actually going to do or whether they're even going to get a job. Mm. And, you know, that's the one thing that I've always, I didn't go to college. You know, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. Got married young, had a family young, made a lot of mistakes in business. But, you know, as long as we learn from it every single time, my college education has probably been more expensive than Harvard. But I would put myself against, you know, any Harvard business grad um, any day of the week because I can I can hire a Harvard business grad to do certain things for me. Um, mm. But the reality is like it's that risk. It's jumping off that cliff that you were talking about that most people will never do. So I just commend you and excited to kind of get into it. Um, if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? Watching my wife succeed, mm. watching the work she put in behind the scenes to make that successful, watching her risk it all go from a corporate job to nothing to bleeding money every year, investing in herself, but was literally unwilling to fail. Mm. And when you're unwilling to fail, it's only a matter of time until you succeed. So watching her and I mean, the hours she puts in the, the love she puts into everything, the passion, like excited, doesn't matter how much money she's making. She's excited about what she's up to like that is the secret sauce that I want to have in my life. It's so good. I love it, man. Um, what was your greatest setback and what'd you learn from it? Oh God, these are tough questions, Mike. My biggest setback was honestly probably, okay. So in a way it was like the greatest freedom of my life is quitting corporate America. Mm. It was also the biggest setback because I had about a two week period where I was going through it, self doubt, Thought I ruined my family, thought I, you know, was like putting my partner in jeopardy. You like, am I really up to this? So like I had to go through the depths of hell in my mind 
to like come out the other side, like, no, I'm worthy. I'm talented. I'm hardworking. I can do this. So the greatest step, I mean, that is honestly like my mindset is my greatest attribute, but also it can be my biggest deficit if I'm not um, working on it, investing in it, meditating, like putting the work in around that. Yeah. You know, and what I've found too, and we were kind of talking about this earlier today. Um, I've found that it's those times too, when we're up against that ceiling, we've never, you know, been up against before that, you know, really what, what we need at that point in time is wisdom and experience and we need a breakthrough and we need people that, you know, we can just be open and transparent with, but it's weird. I don't know if you experience this, but it's usually when I'm up against those times that I don't want to share, you know, what I'm struggling with or dealing with. And half the time you don't even know what the problem is. Mm. And, and I, I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's like, I've had to learn that it's the times when I don't want to share my failures and my struggles and all of that. Those are the times that I really need to, and we just don't want to, right? Because we've oh never been God. here before and, and we're used to having it all together. But the reality is like, those are the times when we need those mentors and that inner circle to just, this is why masterminds and mentors and coaches and all that is so important. Dude, you nailed it. And uh, Lindsay and I go on walks almost every day. And we talk about what we're grateful for, what we're excited about and what we're manifesting. Yesterday, did not want to talk about it. I was like, I'm not in the mood. Like, I really don't want to. I was, you know, I was just like struggling and, and she like forced me to do it. And afterwards I came out a different person, but I needed to share. And I didn't even know what I needed to share. You know, it's like, what are you grateful for? Uh, it was just, it was just tough. And I, you even told me this, you're like, you're not good at asking for help. Are you? <laughs> like surrounding yourself with people who can see through, like, it's great to have cheerleaders and people cheering you on, but it's more important to have people that cut through your bullshit and say like, Hey man, you need some help. That is surround yourself with people like that. And that takes high level people who are truly vested in your success to have that. So blessed to have people around me like that, but you're absolutely right. Like I, I think too, maybe it's a masculine thing. Maybe it's men. Like when I feel cornered, I go in a defensive like survival mode, but really that's when you need to collaborate the most. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe with the person you reach out to, you're giving them a gift to help you, or they could be going through something so similar that, or have been through something so similar that it's just important to voice it. Yeah. You know, this is, this conversation is kind of, it, it's a little deeper than, than what I was expecting here, but also like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, you know, the day and age that we live in and like, there's so many people that are struggling in there and they're hurting. And I think it's because number one, we don't have community. That's one of the things that, again, I, I don't want to sell like, sound like I'm positioning a mastermind or anything. Cause we don't have a mastermind to sell here. Um, that's not really what this is about, but I've just found that, you know, whether it's my wellspring community or go abundance or, you know, having met you and Chris Harder, like, uh, through masterminds and groups that we're involved in, it's like, that's why the values proposition, getting in a community that's so important is so important. Mm. And, you know, I've thought about this for so long because I'm not a big sports guy, but that's why people go nuts. I mean, they literally fill stadiums with 50, 60, 70,000 people that just go nuts. Why is it? Because it's a community. It's a place where we can go and celebrate and be surrounded. And people are just looking for a community. But the reality is we need a place, back to what you were saying, we need a place where we have that inner circle that we feel comfortable with. And as you were talking to, the one thing that I've learned, if there's so many people that are just hurting mm. and 
The easiest way to identify somebody who probably needs help is to find the person who's always willing to help, but never asks for it. Because those are the people that probably need, you know, the, the most. And, and you're that guy, by the way, like you'll do anything for anybody. Um, but it's really, really challenging. Um, and I, by the way, I've, I've had to break that down the last probably three or four years. Um, I'm a completely different person today than I was in 2018 when I found GoBundance. Mm. Completely different. Which actually, I don't know that I actually even knew you yet. I don't think I did at that point. We didn't. We met in 2020. Um, so I'm a wow. completely different person. Yeah. It feels like it's been like eight years, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a completely different person, um, because of that, because I found a community where I learned to be vulnerable and to share my garbage in a place where I wasn't judged. And mm -hmm. that's what we're really looking for. So, um, anyway, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think, I think you just nailed it, man. Like not to like get even, even deeper, but like suicide with men is so high. Mm -hmm. And it, I truly believe like we're so isolated and the more we're on social media and there's nothing like a high five or a chest bump at a sports game, but like people want that in life. Mm -hmm. So get in a group where you can get that with people with your partner and, and hug people and say hi and just be around people where you can get vulnerable, actually learn who they are. And that's, I mean, that's where lifelong friendships are made. hundred yeah. percent. It's so good too. And we'll get into this here in a few minutes, but that's why I'm excited about your podcast, Jacked and Happy, because let's go. it's such a great name for you because you're just like <laughs> jacked and happy. Anytime we've been together has just been, you know, the greatest fun. And yet also like, you know, we can go deep and we've had some challenging conversations and, you know, you've really helped me just see life and, um, you know, get through some things. So I'm, I'm really excited that you're launching that because you're right. Um, the world needs more of that. So I'm excited to hear it. Last question. Well, not really. We're going to talk about a lot of other questions probably, but um, what is the piece of advice that you find yourself sharing the most? Honestly, I, it's not even advice, I would say. It's more of like building people up. You could, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like I could sit there and look at somebody who has everything and I wish they could see themselves how I see them, but they can't. So, I mean, not all the time. So like whenever I'm around people, man, I just want them to feel better than they did before I'm around. Like, I think God gave me that gift of like helping people believe in themselves and helping people feel the best that they feel when they're around me, because that's how I see them. That's how I want to see people. I choose to see people like that. There's a, I mean, Lindsay has a lot of bullshit that I, you know, she's not perfect, but like, I literally choose to see her in the best possible light every time I'm around her. And I try to wake up intentionally and hug her like I've never seen her before. It's like the last time I'm going to see her. And that's how I want every, that's how I want to experience everybody. Mm. So that's more of like an energetic, like I am passing on my deepest belief for other people when I'm around them. So if good. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. And I think it's such great advice too, because like what you were saying, even you guys have a great relationship um, and no relationship's perfect. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. But when I see a couple like you and Lindsay, you know, I would put Kara and I in that category. Um, I've been asked before, it's like, how, like, why is your guys' relationship so great? Like why I've, I've actually struggled sometimes wondering, like, it's supposed to be easy. Like, why is it so challenging? And I think it's the same problem because number one, it's the way that I love what you just said, the way that you see people, you see the best in them. And that's hard to do sometimes, but even 100%. when we see the worst, um, or we're going through an experience. I think the next part of that is being vulnerable and being able to communicate. Cause I think what most people do 
like you were talking about men's suicide rate and you know, most people don't have authentic and vulnerable relationships with other men, with friends, with people at work, even the boss employee relationship should be open and authentic to whatever degree it can be. How much more like your, your marriage. And so I love that advice because, you know, to your point, um, Lindsay's not perfect. You're not perfect, but you guys just see the best in each other and work through it when you're not acting the best, right? Because mm. that's the thing. Like Kara's an amazing human too, but it doesn't mean that she's always nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I know I can be a Dude. bear, man. And that's, and that's the thing. Like if I want the same grace and grace is my word for the year, mm. but if I want the same grace for, from Lindsay to me, because Lord knows I have my bullshit. Like I have to give her 10 times that mm -hmm. for her to accept my faults. Mm -hmm. Cause I have a lot more faults in my opinion than anybody else. So I have to be 10 times more forgiving, like positive focus on what they're doing. If I want one of those in return. So that's, I mean, that's how I approach it. I'm not always perfect at it, but that's, that's what I, that's what I strive for. I love it. Well, dude, I'm excited to dig into your background. Um, and you mentioned this already, but you recently left corporate America, which, you know, so many people that are listening to this and so many of the stories that we hear, um, it always comes to a point where they're either forced to leave corporate America or they choose to leave corporate America. And, you know, most, uh, most of the hero's journeys with people that I talk to on a daily basis, it's one of those, it's one of those scenarios. Um, when I left, it was because I was working a hundred plus hours a week. I knew I was a slave. I didn't own my time. I had two little kids at home. Kara was pregnant with our third and I chose to leave and yeah, it was scary, but you know, I just surrounded myself with coaches and mentors and it's always just kind of that old advice of like, just do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think so many people want to have it all figured out before they make that leap. And I think in your case, you quit, but I think it always comes down to if you hadn't quit at some point in time, you probably would have gotten fired because you're so frustrated. <laughs> and this is like just this downward um, cycle if we don't make a change um, and then pick ourselves up and move forward. So I'm curious, like, dude, tell us, tell us the background and just tell us what has motivated this change because it's exciting. Oh, thanks, man. It, it is super exciting. And honestly, I had it in my mind that I wanted to quit for two years. And so when I started joining masterminds, I was still in corporate America and I was joining, like kind of learning, just, I wanted to learn more about business. I wanted to get in rooms where I'm, you know, in a different conversation and I wanted to add value to Lindsay's business. So I wanted to also like learn more. So I was just purely educational. And then something shifted where I saw these amazing people and I'm like, I think I could do this too. And I just need to find what I want to do. And so I started just being curious about like, what, what do I want to do? What is, what do I want my day to look like? What do I want? What do I want to be adding to the world? What value do I want to add? And I fell in love with short-term rentals. We owned one in, um, in Munns Park, uh, near Flagstaff. I fell in love with it. I love the concept. I want to own a hundred of them and provide so much value. Like we have a, we have a gratitude book in there and people sign like, you know, from their experience, what they got out of it. Dude, I was like, I've been crying. Like, why? Wow. <laughs> like, me and my husband got to reconnect or my daughter saw snow for the first time. She was playing all day. It just made me cry. Like all these experiences that we get to provide for people. And, you know, for us, it was just like a short-term rental. And then I saw the impact it was making based on the intentional space you provide. And I'm like, I want to do this all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I want to have access to these cash flowing assets 
um, and have like the craziest cool life where I just get to provide so much value in this, teach people how to do it, provide opportunities for people how to do it. And also like get to experience it myself and with friends and family and build connections there. So like I dreamt as big as I possibly could. And then this really like smart, like handsome, charismatic guy <laughs> called me one night and was like, Hey, I want to be in this space too. I know. And I shared my dream with this, with you, um, on a walk in Utah, you know, we're just walking. Yeah. I think you're doing like 79 hard or something. Yeah, and you know, you're getting in that second workout and we're overlooking like the city and it's snow and it's awesome. And I'm like, just sharing my guts out with my dreams. And you know, you called me, I think like maybe five months later and like, Hey, I want to be in this space too. And you're my guy. Are you up for it? And that's when it was like, everything changed for me. Like that call changed my life. But I had to be a person. I had to be in the room. I had to share my vision. I had to put in the work of like owning an Airbnb and I had to put myself in that position. I do give myself credit for that. But I mean, when you're in action and you're in the, in the rooms and you're sharing what your dreams are with people who are smarter than you, more successful, been down that road, it will shortcut your dreams 10 out of 10 times. I'm fully convinced. And um, so that conversation, that call from you, was like the spearhead of like, I, I can do this. It spearheaded my quit time for from like five years when we owned four or five properties and the cash flow was right. I'm going to quit then to like, I'm freaking doing this now. You know, it's crazy as you're saying that too, because I often think about like so many of us from a humility perspective, you know, let, let's just say that you're, you're alone and you're up on a cliff overlooking a lake and you know, you're looking down at the water. I, I know this is true for me. Um, looking down at the water, I'm alone. There's nobody around. I probably wouldn't jump in that water. Like I love, <laughs> I love cliff jumping. Um, and I, when you were talking about this, like this is the first time I've ever really thought about this. But honestly, like I've been up on some cliffs that if somebody else didn't jump off, I wouldn't do it. If people weren't down below in a boat, like egging me on, like I wouldn't do it. And it just made me realize that, like you know, so many times we have this like you know, we think we are doing it for ourselves and we don't need other people cheering us on and it doesn't matter who's watching. I would do this anyway. And we're humans. This is like kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago, community and, and wanting to, you know, I guess, serve each other. And, and I mean, that, that when I'm listening to that, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy that I get to be the person with you because you're just an amazing human and, and with your passion, um, I know you're going to do great things. It doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges, but I know you're going to do amazing things. So I'm glad I get to be a part of that. But it really just narrowed that down. And that's why I shared the cliff jump thing, because a lot of times we think that, you know, oh, well, I would do this anyway, even if somebody wasn't watching, like I jump off a cliff or whatever. And the reality is sometimes we just need somebody to jump with us at the same time or, or to show us first that it can be done. It's like the, the one minute mile, right? No, it can't mm. be done. And then once somebody did it, it's been, you know, it just keeps getting beat and beat and beat. We just need, we need other humans in our world. That's such a good analogy, the cliff jump. It's so true. Like, how deep is that water? Am I going to crash to the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, someone just jumped. Did they survive? Okay, I can do that. that. That's such a good analogy. And they've actually done studies on this where they'll they'll send people out for runs till, till they exhaust and like tap themselves out. And the people in groups always outlast the solos mm. every time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like I've even saw that, you know, they have pacers, right? Um, when they mm. do these hundred mile runs, they'll have people that will run a 10 mile length with them. And even though it's 10 different people, it keeps them going. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. 
Well, so dude, I'm really, and yeah, by the way, Elliot already said this, but full disclosure, you know, we're, we're doing an Airbnb fund together, which is exciting. Um, but I'm curious, like, let's talk about some of the emotions of, of, of quitting and, and the, I, I really want to dig into that. Yeah, it's, it's been a roller coaster. It's been, and I, I've been through it. I've been in communities. I've worked on mindset. Like I consider my, I was ready and I thought this is going to be easy. I got this. I'm a champion. I came in like, I freaking got this baby. And it was not the case. Like self doubt crept in, um, financial risk crept in. What else? Like, yeah, I mean, just mostly can I do this? Am I good enough? Like I'm a total beginner in some of these, I'm learning a different language and funds. Like, it's just like, holy cow, man. I just felt overwhelmed. Uh, nervous system going off, like depression, like all these things crept in. And I did have to go to help. I had to talk through it with Lindsay. I had to talk through it with you. I, I, I had to talk through it with Lori Harder and Chris Harder. And they, and it's cool because everyone goes through the same thing. And they still, to this day, are badass business warriors, but they go through the same thing and it's never over. And that's, it never should be over. Once it's over, you're in a complacent corporate America job where you're, where your spirit's dying. Like we, I ask this question on my podcast every time, what's your definition of happiness? Mm. And so often I get like progress, Mm. service, like being really aligned with what I'm doing. And you can't have happiness without struggle, without feeling like you accomplished something. Mm. I mean, you can't live in that state without growth. And I think that might be the secret to happiness mm-hmm. is growing. And that's, I mean, growing's tough, man. So that's, I mean, I just felt this immense growth of becoming a different person, being okay with being a beginner, having grace on myself and pushing forward. Cause it just felt like I was getting punched and punched and punched. And then you get a little win punched and punched and punched and you get a little win. And I'm here for it, dude. I'm tough. I, I have taken punches all my life and I, I grew up with a little bit of a rough childhood. So I like, I learned early how to take punches, but when you, when you're cruising and your ego gets in the way, like you have to really be mindful of like, I'm okay. I'm a beginner and I can do this. You know, it's crazy. Cause even the physical punches, they hurt. Cause again, I, I had a rough childhood too, but the physical yeah. punches hurt, but you take that pain and it's weird. Cause you know, there's just nothing you can do about it, but you know, just wait and heal. It just takes time. Yep. But, but these, these emotional mental, I don't know what to do next because I've never been here before punches. We don't know <laughs> what to do with those mental emotional punches. And I love what you were just saying. I I've said this for years in, in our first business. I, I actually had one of my technicians tell me one time in a service meeting, they're like, Mike, when is, when is good enough going to be good enough? And I said, listen, the minute you stop growing is the minute you start dying. And years later you fast forward. And I'm a big fan of David Sinclair. I've had the privilege of meeting and being able to spend some time with him. He's the longevity expert um, from Harvard and they've actually reversed aging in mice. And so now they're working on reversing aging in humans. And, and the, I think anybody who's successful in the world, he's obviously this just brilliant, like mad scientist type guy, but he simplifies it. He's like, okay, what, what it really came down to is like, what causes aging? And mm. he said, when our cells stop reproducing and growing and degenerating, then the reverse happens. So when, when we stop growing, we start dying. 
And so that's their whole premise behind reversing aging is like, how do we get these cells to continue to grow or, you know, revive themselves and that will reverse aging. So when I'm hearing you say this, it's like, that's practical in the physical. When we take punches physically, Mm. it just takes a few weeks. Like you just have to let the body heal. The body does what it needs to do. But when it comes to our emotions and the struggles in business, that doesn't just naturally happen. We have to engage and we have to choose to push through that and share our bullshit, talk to other people. And that's what's, that's what's hard is like, it's the fight or flight thing. Like we've been programmed mm. to not die, right? Um, and, and when we're talking about all this emotional stuff, we think we're alone. We think we're the only ones that have been through it. But I said this on a podcast a while back, problems don't get smaller or get easier. We just get bigger or we do the opposite. And this is what I love watching you go through this journey. There's no difference between you and the next guy other than he quit and you keep going because the problems don't get easier. You get better, you get stronger. And I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, Chris and Lori Harder, um, you know, right now it might be a, you know, a $2 million raise pretty soon. It's going to be a $20 million raise. And then it's a $200 million raise. It doesn't get easier. You just have to get stronger and bigger and it doesn't matter what the problem is. It's the same. That's so freaking good, dude. And it is, not only do you get stronger, but your capacity to handle more grows too. Mm -hmm. So like I could be sitting here with one problem and it feels ginormous. And then I see like your calendar and I'm like, Mike's handling 50 of these problems a day. And I know I'll get there, but like, I'm excited to get there. We're like that one little problem is an easy fix. Find a person, whatever it is, you know, or just, I've been through this before. I can get through this again. Like I'm, I'm excited for the capacity of handling more problems with ease. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm even just thinking about, you know, an investor call. Let's just talk about an investor call for a second. Like when you're only doing one investor call a week or, you know, one a day, that's hard. Um, mm. It's this feels opposite. But when you're doing 10 a day, that's easy because you just get in a zone and your mind's in there. I've, I've had to learn. So I'm not a naturally organized person. It's like so foreign to me. So like time blocking, time management, all of that stuff is like, you know, you, you see these people that have like their calendars that are like 18 different <laughs> colors and, you know, everything's on there, including take a piss at 915. And I'm just like, you are, a, you're a nut job. Like you're, you're crazy, but I've had to learn where I'm strong and where I'm weak. And, and I've realized that like, even with podcasting investor calls, um, you know, business partner calls, just different. I have to like time block that for energy. I used to think it was just a, an efficiency thing, but what I've realized mm. is it's an energy thing because even existing investors versus new investors, those are two different time blocks because I can't sprinkle in new investors and then have existing investors in between because I'm shifting the conversation. I'm shifting the energy. I'm shifting the, the amount of knowledge and you know, so I like block, I'll block existing investors because we're talking about current financials and how are things going and versus new investors are wanting to know information about something coming in. So it's such a valuable thing that you're like kind of talking about and pointing out, you said it about my calendar, but really I've learned too, that we have to put ourselves in different energies for different tasks. Yeah. And it takes self-awareness too. Like I know I'm better in the morning. So I used to do morning workouts. Now my workouts are in the afternoon because I know it's my identity to work out. I want my freshest, most creative energy for when I'm doing reels, when I'm doing content, when I'm doing podcasts. I want 
So it's like, I have to know myself. I have to know what drives me. I have to know the carrot for me and the stick. And a lot of people are like, oh, I need to work out because I won't work out. And so that's, I, that's not my problem. I will always work out because that's my identity. That's who I am. So now it's like, okay, now I'm shifting where I'm doing the stuff that's harder for me or where I need more energy to do first and to really prioritize that. Wow. So I love that. It is, it's all about energy. It's all about self-awareness, energy, efficiency, like that's cool. I can't wait till my calendar is that full where I have to prioritize like the different energy of calls. Like that's going to be, that's going to be pretty badass. You know, and I've had to learn too, like seasons. Um, this mm. is interesting that I think we all need to pay attention to because, um, for a long time, we were talking about this off, off camera, you know, just like the four hour work week and Tim Ferriss. And, you know, in a lot of respects, I went through a big season, you know, raising my kids where my default answer was no, no, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. No, I can't go to dinner with you. No, 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 no. It was almost like a, if, if I was even considering a yes, I'd go ask Kara, Hey, what's going on? You know, or I'd look at my kids. And the reason why I'm saying this too, is like, I would, I would cram Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and I'd keep Mondays and Fridays light. So literally you'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday that were pretty light and flexible, but I'd work my tail off on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I've had to like shift through seasons with that because my kids are older now, you know, two of them basically don't live at home. Tim's back for a few minutes, but he's getting an apartment and, you know, Caitlin's at home, but she's 19. And so like the energy kind of shifts, I'm like ready to grind. Like I'm ready to work and my whole, you know, my whole talking point in the last 22 years has been about like family first. And yes, we've grown businesses and yes, we've done great on investing, but we kept that family first. For me, it's REM, not the band, but REM relationships, experiences, and memories. Like that's mm. what freedom, you know, everything that I'm doing is driven toward that, but I'm kind of in a different season. And so I think, you know, when you talk about the calendar and you wanting your calendar to be that full, um, some people might hear that and be like, dude, this guy's nuts. But I think also we have to be pay attention to seasons that we're in too. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you'll know, you'll know when it feels right too. Like it just feels right to be on the grind right now. It feels so good because I'm alive. I feel like I I want like corporate America. Yeah, I'm good. Light calendar, baby. Every day, like let's go. I don't want to be. I just feel like I wasn't making a difference. I was in hospitals. It's like ugh, you know, like nothing would light me up about that, but this lights me up and I'm trying to fit as much as what lights me up in my day. You know, and that's an interesting parallel too, because again, seasons, it could be mm -hmm. seasons of parenting or relationships, but it could be seasons of, so for the person who's listening right now that isn't lit up. And by the way, this isn't just because sometimes I feel like W2 gets a bad rap, right? It isn't just about the W2 job. There could be business mm -hmm. owners. One of my mentors one time said, if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job, really. It's no different. So for the person that's listening, that's like not lit up, what do you think are some of the things that you already mentioned some of this, like exploring what would, what would life look like and setting goals and, but what's some of the practical things you're, you're in the middle of this. Um, you just quit what, like four months ago? Yeah. Six October. Months? Yeah. Um, what are some of the practical things, whether they're a business owner, whether they're a W2 employee, if they're not jacked and happy, what's the process? Yeah. Well, you want to be curious about why you're not. And you want to explore like, what is it? What would be like we're in one year from now? This is what I, me and Lindsay had to go through. In one year from now, what does your perfect life look like? Like, what do you really want to do? And I couldn't even answer it at first. I was like, I don't even know. And I had to get clear about this is what I want my day to look like. 
And so I think it just takes exploration and like some time to reflect of what really lights you up, what are your passions and what value can you add? You know? And so I think just taking that into consideration and work backwards. Okay. If this is what I want my day to look like, then how do I, how do I make that monetize? How do I, you know, what do I need to be doing to have a day like that? Mm. So yeah, just clarity around what makes you happy, what fulfills you and then work backwards. I love it. And just even looking, you know, at that process and, and, and thinking through it, uh, Dan Sullivan always says the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. Mm. Um, and what I heard you say and what, like what I hear Dan saying until we start exploring that. So, so many people are frustrated. They're like, I hate my life. Yeah. Um, and this could be, you hate your life at home. You hate your life at work, whatever. And we just give up. And honestly, like if you hate your life at home, what would perfect look like? Mm-hmm. And how do I start showing? We were talking about this earlier with like Lindsay and, and Kara, like how do I start showing up and moving toward that perfect? But until you start exploring, you know, what that looks like, I think the thing that we have to understand just back to our primal mind and, and, uh, you know, fight or flight and, and our caveman self from 2000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago, our brain is designed to protect us. But it's the subconscious where we really, the depths, and I don't want to get woo-woo here or like, I'm not, I'm definitely not scientific on this, but I know it to be true. If you're not happy in your current position, going through the process that you went through, it's like, okay, first it's identifying I'm not happy. Hi, my name's Elliot and I'm not happy. (laughs) Um, And then it's like, okay, well, what would happy look like? And really prior to that process, we're just in, in fight mode because we're just unhappy and we don't know what to do about it. But when we start exploring, that's when Dan Sullivan says, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So when Lindsay says, you know, or when you asked the question, like what would happy look like a year from now? And you said, I don't even know. Well, you didn't Mm -hmm. know because you've been spending all that time, not in the creative, but in the fight mode. But when we ask those types of questions and we're patient with it, the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So when our brain goes to work on something new and different, that's when the universe and people and our energies that are put out, um, so you know, good. bring in new opportunities and we can actually see it. So until you actually accept the fact that you're not happy, you're not even going to start working toward that. The eyes can't see and the ears can't hear what the brain is. Well, they can, but what the brain is actually looking for is more reinforcement around why I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And so I just get less and less and less happy because that's what the brain is looking for. We have to reprogram that to, hey, one year from now, what would a perfect life look like? Dude, and it's not even, it's not even what, so how, part of it is what you're learning and what you're seeing. The second half of that is unlearning so much of what you've learned and been programmed around. Mm-hmm. And that's not really talked about that much either. We, we are all susceptible to programmed. I'm being programmed right now. You're being programmed right now. Everyone is always being programmed by something, yep. their belief system, who they identify as, what they consider happiness, you know, what the future, like we're being programmed. So you have to unlearn some of this programming that's been taught to us, hammered in by school, by society by parents, you know, where do you, what's your feelings on money? What do you think's rich? What do you think's abundant? What freedom? What does your day look like? What's possible in a day? We have to unlearn so much of what we just thought was fact to really get creative, to really like, okay, here's a blank canvas. I can now 
draw anything where there's like there was a little black circle there and you're, we were just trying to draw, draw everything but there's a little black circle in our brain that's just like containing us to this little this little reality and once you can get beyond that that's when like the infinite will come into you mm. that's when your dreams will come to you that's when visions of your future can come to you but mm-hmm. until you can unlearn so much and easier said than done. And there's blind spots all over the place of what you're being programmed around and what you think is possible. But that's truly like the limitless creation that you can get into. So good, man. You know, I have a, a just on that note, like I have a question for you. Like, what's the voice you listen to the most or who? In my, in my mind? You maybe. Yeah. A hundred percent internal. Yeah. Cause I'm with my mind all the time. Yep. So you can be around amazing people who will build, breathe life into you, breathe success, shorten everything up, but you, you're not with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Even Lindsay, like I'm maybe with her four hours a day. Yeah. I'm with my freaking mind 24 seven sleeping. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get a break from my mind. All of a sudden I'm falling off a cliff, hanging on, you know, there's a bear chasing me. It's like, <laughs> I can't even get a break when I'm sleeping, but like, that's the reality. Yeah. And until we get intentional about how we are talking to ourselves, nothing will change. That is the most important conversation you'll ever have. I will ever have. I'm speaking for myself. That to me, that is the most in conversation I will ever have every single day. Every single moment is what my mind is telling me. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why I wanted to point that question out because when you talked about the reprogramming, That's why that's so important because this has been programmed for years and years and years, as you were saying, but then, okay. So what, just quickly, what are the outside of your own voice? Mm -hmm. What are the next five voices that you listen to the most? I mean, just people you're surrounded by. Yeah. Who are they? Lindsay, you, Chris, um, my brother and I don't know. I guess Lori. Yeah. Kara, perfect. One of, one of those. Two. Love it. Um, and, yeah. and, and that's the, that's the thing that I think is important. Just kind of dissecting down to something practical because mm-hmm. I was thinking about it as you were saying this, and this is what spawned this question because the voice we listen to the most is the one in our head. And if we want to reprogram that, then I think we need to ask mm-hmm. what voices around us are we listening to the most? And when you were talking, this is why I love Chris Harder. Not to turn this into a, you know, a Chris Hart, but we love Chris. <laughs> and, and the reason yeah. why I was thinking about it, every conversation that I've ever had with Chris is either um, uplifting and like really exciting and positive, or he's calling me out on my bullshit, which is yeah. still at the end of that process, exciting, powerful, and uplifting. And so it really just made me, that's why I asked the question about, because the number one voice is this one, but if we're going to do what you said, and we're going to reprogram that, and you need to reprogram that because all you're hearing is nonsense, then I would challenge the audience to ask the question, like, what are the top five 10 voices that I'm listening to because it's going to be really hard to reprogram your brain if those top five voices are not a good positive voice. And again, it doesn't mean like in the case of Chris Harder or Kara or you for me, like it doesn't mean that sometimes it's not painful, but they have my best interest and it's always a positive conversation, whether it's painful or not. But if you're surrounded by, you know, five or 10 voices, your closest voices that are all negative and you're dealing with this one that's all negative, it's going to be a really challenging spot. So I, I love this. Let's position quickly because um, we're uh, up against the hour here. Yep. Um, this is why I'm excited about Jacked and Happy. So tell me about Jacked and Happy. Um, and if you, if you want, tell me about uh, the opportunity that you have for, for people too. 
Yeah. So Jackson Happy um, is really the conversation around having it all. Mm. And, um, you know, what, what do people have at all? What are they investing in? What are they, what are they, what are their habits? What do they perceive happiness to be? What are they excited about? Mm. You know, I just want, what are they struggling with? I want to have like the real conversations with high performing people because I'm obsessed with having it all. So I want people on who are successful and see their, their hacks, see their downfalls, see the trends of what successful people are struggling with and how they overcome that. So, you know, Lindsay asked, like, where do you want to be in a year from now? And, and I said, honestly, I just want to be jacked and happy. And so that's where I got the name, you know, it's like, simplify it, you know? Yeah. So that's where, that's what jacked and happy is about and have amazing guests on, including yourself. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really awesome conversation. And then uh, the opportunity right now is um, a fund for short-term rentals. And we've dissected, you know, real estate and what's performing in up markets and down markets. And we feel that the luxury market is that. So for me, like I want to give access to accredited investors who have a hundred K, you know, go, good luck f finding a luxury Airbnb and get it furnished and in the best suites performing, performing spot with the best property management company for a hundred K on your own. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's tough. So I want to give, you know, my goal is to give access to people with a hundred K minimum, the access to the best luxury spots across the country. Mm -hmm. In a five home portfolio. So that, that gets me lit up, man, uh, giving these dynamic spaces for people to hold events and travel with their family and, and just experience life. The REM, the REM you, you, you mentioned, I want to be a part of that with these homes. So yeah. that's the opportunity and also avoid taxes because who likes taxes and the best place to find, there's a really good resource at vacationequitygroup.com slash tax. And you can find the, some of the best ways to to um, avoid paying taxes and keep some of your hard earned money. So you got a free report there that people could go get, and that's cool. Yep, I like it. Download it. Awesome. Well, if somebody wants to find Jacked and Happy, where's uh, where's the best place to find that? Um, probably by my Instagram, Elliot R Schwartz, and there's a link there to get to Jacked and Happy or to just go on any podcast and find and search Jacked and Happy Elliot Schwartz. I'll be on there as well. Love it, man. Well, it's been truly an honor and look forward to having you back in a year. And we'll talk about, you know, all the amazing battles that we've been through. And because, um, yeah, I, I think this has been a great conversation. It doesn't get easier. We just get better. Dude, I just want to acknowledge you, man. You've you've done so much for so many people. And just the, the belief you put in me that you're a hero in my life. And I, I just I think that good people like you deserve to be across the freaking globe. And I, I hope that everyone listens to you and your platform grows and that more people can, can take that, you know, the, the pill that will set them free, man. And I just commend you for constantly serving people as much as you can. You're, you're one of my favorite humans. Can't wait to see you again soon. Thanks for having me on. Thanks brother. Cheers. All right. Cheers. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.